0: If everyone could open their Bible or their UVersion Bible app to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 9 through 13. The Calling of Matthew. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at, at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and I acknowledge and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings.
1: This last week, I took a walk. I take a walk all the time, but I took a walk. I was going by my neighbor's house, and Eddie was walking his garbage to the end of the driveway. So I stopped and said hi to Eddie. Now let me tell you about Eddie. Eddie's got a shed. Like, few people I know. His shed is about 60 feet long, and it's about 40 feet wide. And let me just tell you about Eddie. Eddie didn't have enough room in his shed for all of his stuff, so he had to add to his shed. So he added a, last summer he added a 12 foot addition on the 60 foot side. And he was telling me about how now he's got room for more of his things. And in fact, he's got, let me tell you, I've been in his shed. Um, he's got windows, like, you know, it's the, he thinks this could be a hide item. He sees people in these houses now, they put, you ever see this, where they put window frames with the windows in there? He's got like a thousand of these in his shed. Do you want one? Eddie's got every kind, all right? He's got farm equipment. He's got tractors. He's got the, he added, okay, he owns WASS's old hook and ladder fire truck, all right? That's what, he's got everything. And he used to have room in that new addition for his hook and ladder truck, but now there's no room. That's got to be outside again because he's got more things. He, he told me when, we were, when I was on my walk this week, he goes, Joe, I got so much stuff right now. It's crazy. You know why I have so much stuff? I don't have a wife to tell me no. <laughs> so he, he's, he's got all this stuff, and maybe, maybe you can relate. How many of us have storage space? How many of us can maybe use a little more storage space? I'm here to tell you, if you have a 60 foot by 40 foot building, it won't be enough. You can fill it. All right, you can. that's what can happen. And the other thing that can happen is some of us think, if I just had that person in my life, that would be the one thing. If I just had this person in my life, that would be it. If I was, and, you know, if I had this child, if I had this um, uh, um, wife or husband, if I had, all oh, these are the, so the one thing missing. If I just had that. So Eddie was telling me what he needed. He needs more shedding. and he needs a wife All right, I don't know. But I think we all, I think we can sort of relate to to Eddie in this. We all know we're we're needing of some things. We're all short on some things. And today's sermon, what fits in your shed, the whole idea is what are we trying to fit into our life and where are we trying to go with it? I believe that Jesus is that answer. He is offering a transformed life and he offers that to every single one of us. And we're going to find out through the story of Matthew how that can come to a person. It comes through community. It comes through getting to know one another. And thanks, Sammy, for reading that passage. I, I, I love hearing the Word of God. And hearing it from a, just a different voice sometimes makes something else come alive. So thank you, Sammy, for sharing that. So Jesus, in this book of Matthew, tells it, we're told about the story of how he meets up with Matthew, and he was pursuing something to fulfill his life, but when Jesus came into his life, it transformed everything. We can end up on paths in our life, and I think sometimes, I think this is what happened to Matthew, and I think it can happen to us, we start down a path thinking it's going to be something, and then we get partway down it, and we realize it took us a different direction than what we intended. And there's no way out of this pathway that we think we meant to be on. An amazing attribute of of Jesus is how he could see what someone was experiencing. It's almost like he could look into the soul of a person. He could look right into their heart, see what they're experiencing, and then reframe it in a whole new way. And he shows us A a way to a transformed life. In this little story in Matthew, just a few verses long, he shows the pathway to a transformed life. But if you notice, there won't be a miracle. 5,000 people are not fed. There's no long sermon. There's no eloquent words. He doesn't get into the finer points of a chiastic psalm or something like that. Jesus just shows us a way for a life to be transformed. I think today, if, if Jesus could go talk to Eddie, I don't think he would say, you need to tear down your shed. You need to forget about your wife that you don't have yet. I think he would maybe go a different way than that. He'd say, can we just get to know one another? Can we start doing some life together? And the closer we get to this model of how Jesus did things, our lives will be transformed. We're going through a series just now about our new mission statement. So if you look at the shield, there's a there's the poster maybe you saw when you walked in, it's in the in the lobby, and it, it highlights where we believe Bethany is. We have a verse, if you could look it up if you care to. It's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. We believe that we need to meet together for life transformation to happen. We have a picture of a candle. What's the candle about? We believe that the gospel could be shared, should be shared, needs to be shared with our world. We talked about how in the next 20 years, there's going to be a growth of about 5,400 people in our zip code right around Bethany. Who, how will they know the new message? Well, it might come from people like us. And then it, it, uh, a statement we, we work together to craft is crossing boundaries to connect people to the life-giving God and experience transformational community. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about that. Today, we're talking about experiencing transformational community. And the story that we're looking at is this Matthew, this story in Matthew about Matthew came to have his life transformed. What happened there? And we're going to really drill down into that concept. It's it's Jesus seeing Matthew, investing in him and, and calling him, something different it's it's life change is going to be happening and it's how it's in this relationship with him to maybe help it maybe come more alive think about something that you've pursued in your life can you think of maybe maybe when you're a little child do you remember when you're a child maybe you really wanted something maybe it was a a bicycle Oh, I really wanted that experience I wanted to go to that something I really wanted that person in my life. And so what do we do when we're, when we're a child? We just do whatever we can to get that experience, to get that thing, to get that whatever. Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't. But many times when we get the thing that we're most searching for, does that mean we're completely satisfied and we want nothing more in our life? Or do we desire maybe something else? I'm convinced, I, and you could, you could not convince. I think we could all go for this this project this summer. I'm not saying we should do this. This is a bad idea. Do not do this. Do not do this. New day. We could go to Eddie's house and build him another 60 by 40 shed. All right, we could. That could maybe that's what we. Okay, so we just, it's decided in our wisdom, infinite wisdom, we build Eddie a second 60 by 40 shed. I think he'll fill it, and I don't think it will be enough. We could all go out and be matchmakers. Let's go find the perfect wife for Eddie. And would that be enough? I don't know. I I don't think so. So what does Eddie need? Not just Eddie. What do we, what does, what does everybody need? We need Jesus. And here's this pathway to find it. Um, One thing you'll notice in in this, Jesus does not go for a behavioral change, so that he can meet up with jesus he introduces himself he introduces jesus into his life and that might lead and that does lead to the life change that is needed think about that for just a second he doesn't ask for behavioral change so that he can get to know christ he introduces christ and that leads to the change that might need to happen and it all begins with jesus saw in matthew if if you have a program you can fill in the blanks today it's got some words you can maybe help follow along a little bit to understand a little bit better where this is going and first is who do you see as jesus went on from there he saw a man named matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth follow me he told him and matthew got up and followed him so jesus was walking along the road maybe to the synagogue, maybe going to wherever, and there's a booth. It's clear from Matthew and the account. It's not like it's unclear who Matthew was and what he was doing. It is crystal clear. This is a tax collector in his booth. Now, we don't really have an equivalent for that today. We don't have tax collectors on the side of the road. Even like the toll booths in Illinois, I don't think are the same. These people were robbing their own people filling the coffers in Rome and lining their own pockets. It's just bad stuff. So I was trying to think of what could an emotional equivalent of a tax collector might be maybe the guy that sells drugs to middle school kids behind the convenience store. You know, you go down at Quick Trip or something and he's like dealing it out to the kid. It's like, he's just a rotten person just taking advantage of people. Or I was th- maybe it's like the the title loan people over by Polito's Pizza, I don't know if they're still there, but okay, so what are they trying to do there? You, what do you do? You bring in your car title and they charge crazy interest and crazy fees to the people that have the least resources to pay it back. They take advantage of these people. Who can do that? Who can, who can do that and feel good about themselves? And yet that's how some people, maybe not the guy in that office, but there's a guy in charge of that company that's making lots and lots of money off of people that can't do anything. It just makes you mad. Those people deserve bad stuff to happen to them. They're not good people. Jesus, what are you doing? You're talking to a tax collector. Go to the, go to the widows. Go to the people they need. Go to the, don't go to, don't go to tax collectors. They're bad. They don't deserve it. Go to the, go to those that deserve it. And who does Jesus go to? Can somebody please tell Jesus he's going to the wrong crowd? And I, I got a feeling, I don't think Jesus cares who you think deserves the gospel. I think Jesus cares about who gets the gospel, everybody people like me so who do you see jesus sees an ostracized man separated rejected maybe he started down the pathway of being a tax collector i'll be a better tax collector not charges bad or but pretty soon he ended up there and you can see why a person might want that career you, you have more money maybe you have nicer things who wouldn't want who wants would anybody in here like nicer things and a little more money Probably all of us would, right? Can you? You can see how you can maybe start down the path, but then now he's on it. He's in this role. He's in the booth, and you can't do anything about it. He's stuck. And Jesus looks. I can just imagine. He's walking down the street. He's not. He's not saying, "Oh, tax collector, did you? How was the fishing yesterday, John?" No, it was. He looked right at that man, and he said, "Follow me." So, Jesus doesn't change his eyes. He looks right at him. He notices. He says, he sees him. And there's an invitation, follow me. The root word for follow me says a road. It's like a road or pathway. He says, immediately get on my path. He doesn't say, and sell all your possessions and get out of that line of work. And, 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 no, he just said, follow me. Just, just come with me. And then he invites to go on this road together. So we see this, this progression. Jesus, in one short little statement, notices, says, follow me. Says, you know, I'm going to invest in you. It's a picture. That's what Jesus did. It's a picture of what we can do. If we want to see transformation happen in our world, it can happen. All of us can be a part of it. Who do we see in our world? Who do we walk by? Now, I don't know the title loan people and I don't know the people selling the drugs although if you know those people maybe they need Jesus but I do know other people in my world I know other people I know Eddie I know the children and the people in my own home I know the people that I see in my neighborhoods I know all these people I walk by these people I see them do I notice them do you notice, who are the people that you might see in your world? And then, are there simple words, simple things that we can say to invite into our world together? An invitation. And finally, investment is, are we willing then, if we say that, can, can we set aside some time for them? We are not told that Matthew prayed, that he gave four times, what he stole from the poor like Zacchaeus. We're not told any of those things. We're just told... They started this relationship and he followed. So who do we see? Who do we see in our world and care enough about to invest in? Maybe right now, you might want to jot down that name, but maybe not even jot it down. Even more importantly, because you won't have your papers with you this next week, put in your mind, who is God putting across your path that maybe you might be able to start seeing for what they are? A person that needs this gospel, that doesn't need another shed, that doesn't need a wife. They need Jesus. Who could we care about? Then then Jesus steps out and goes where no one expected. Number two in your outline is he goes into their world. He goes into their world. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, wait a minute, did you see what just happened there? Okay, we're, I don't know about you, I'm totally fine with people following Jesus and they could do a Bible study probably or maybe they could go to his little um, whatever they, they do back then, synagogues and worship time and the small group and everything. But where does he go? He goes to Matthew's house. And you know who they invite in? The other tax collectors. The sinners. This is a problem. Does Jesus realize these are not good people? Somebody should tell Jesus these are not good people. But no one's apparently telling them this. But people are noticing. So what does he do? He's, He's inviting Matthew to follow him, but he goes onto his turf for that to happen. He goes into their world. He goes into Matthew's world for this to happen. People know if we are invested and we care about them. And they know that we are invested. They know that people know that we care about them because we're listening. We care about the things that they're into. Are they into cooking? What are they cooking? What's their business? What's their business about? What's their hobby? Have you ever met a person with grandchildren? Let me tell you about people with grandchildren. They would like to tell you about their grandchildren. I'm telling you right now, you ask anybody with a grandchild, they'll probably tell you about their grandchildren. There's a great way, there's there's a way to each person's heart. Go into their world. Start by being interested in what they're interested about. Now, there is a risk to it. There's a risk in this. There's a risk in reputation. People became, Jesus became known as this guy. He's that guy. Jesus is that guy. He hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. Something else, it, it, it would be good to bring some people with. We should bring the other disciples with. That's what Jesus did. I think partially to model it. Whenever we could bring along people to do this, it, it's better. But then we should also be thinking about counting the cost. This is a concept of, I, I know I can't do everything. None of us are Jesus in here. We can't do it like he did. But do all of us have something that we can offer? Crossing boundaries into the world means we might have to give something of ourselves. We are given an opportunity today, later on in July. Maybe it'd be good to set aside some time that week. That might be a good thing to do. But I also say, I don't, I don't know if we have to wait till July for that to happen. What would be something that could happen? So Jesus steps right into his world, and then the, I read this in the story, and I, was, I couldn't Figure out why it was in there. It's the most outlandish part of the whole story about what happens next. Um, The last lines in your program, in the outline there, frame the relationship. Frame the relationship. This is really this is the worst dinner conversation you could ever have in your life, or you're about to read right now. On hearing this, Jesus said, "It is not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice." For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So in the middle of a wonderful, nice dinner conversation, so, how'd you get into tax collecting? Oh, okay. Oh, your dad did it. Gotcha. Okay, you know, something like this is going. And he hears these Pharisees outside and, and becomes aware of them. And across the dinner table, yeah, I'm with sinners tonight. These sick people... Can you imagine what's going to happen? Okay, imagine you're at dinner with some friends of yours, and people don't think you should be with those people. And you say, yeah, these people are messed up. That's why I'm with them tonight. They need Jesus. All right? How is the rest of your conversation going to go? Oh, nice, nice. Where? Why? Okay, so why is this in this account? Why is this going? And I can tell you right This is where I believe this is going. Matthew was a man that knew he was separated. He went down a road that he knew was not good for him. And Jesus had invested. He went to his house. He started to get invested. And he could look into this man. Jesus could look into Matthew's soul and say, you know this is not going to work out well for you. This is not the road you want to be on. So he spoke up. He spoke up and he, he spoke into the healing and the help that Matthew most needed. At that point, would it be, you know, it's not that bad being a tax collector. He could have said something. No, he, he spoke truth into his life. He spoke up. And can we expect life to get messy? Okay, have you met a person before that has their life together? I'm sure they're out there. I just haven't met them yet. Everybody I know has got th- th- stuff going on. They got a history. They got baggage. They got money problems. Many of them. Many of them have like like weird stuff in their families. If like if you sat down with most people in this room, they got weird family people. They do. All right. All of us do. I do. I I got stuff. I'm not going to tell you it today. I got st- I got some really messed up people in my family. And sometimes I can look at my own life and see those same issues. I believe that this who needs Jesus? Everybody. I do. Jesus was just calling the truth for what it was. He sure didn't in love, I believe, because and Matthew's like, yeah. He's not ignoring my history. He's not ignoring my bag. He's not ignoring. He's this is who I am. He quotes Hosea six verse six: For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgment of God rather than burnt offerings. Don't give me all your wonderful thing. Oh, you can you can give me more offering than the next guy. I don't care. Oh, so you have all this extra stuff. I don't I don't need that. You know what I want? I want a relationship with you transformational life happens in proximity to Jesus. The closer we are to Christ, the more we begin to realize, oh, yeah, I needed that. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's looking for sinners who know they need to be made right. So, let's say 30 years from now, 40 years from now, what do you think is going to happen to Eddie's shed? What's going to be in there? Do you want it? Do you want a shed? Do you want everything that's in the shed? Maybe one of those windows, but do you want a thousand windows? Tell you what, if you want, we could probably arrange a Wasa fire engine to come to your house later today, if you really want that. But is that really what we need? What do we most need We need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that the people in our world that we most want to have that are already in our lives. The people that, okay, think about your your children, your grandchildren, your sons, your daughters, your neighbor that you might meet. The people that we might meet on this backyard mission trip. The people that we most care about and need. God has already put them in our life. And then it's a matter of noticing them, seeing them, and maybe getting invested into their world. Asking what they're about. Seeing what's going on. And Thursday of the, just one last thing. I got to share this picture. This is a cool picture. So on Thursday of this last week, I I took the afternoon off and went fishing. Can I brag about my fishing story? I'm going to brag about, I'm going to just brag right now. I got pride issues, but I'm going to brag. I went fishing with with my son David, and we had a great time, and one of his friends. We caught 22 Large mouth bass in about three hours. Now, I don't know anybody that has luck like that. That's crazy. I couldn't believe it. They're like, these, these fish, you, you, they'd hit on the, on the lure and they'd literally flop out of the water. They're like jumping a, like a foot out of the water. And it was just fun. It was just great. 20, 22 fish. I've never had this in my life. This is great. All right? Going fishing. Why, why did I go fishing? Why did I go that's nice to catch fish. It's exciting. That's all. I'll tell the story. i show the picture. But why did I go? I wanted to be with my son. I wanted to spend time with I wanted to be invested in something. So I went with, not not my friend, I went with his friend. And we caught 22 fish the day. My son caught eight. Do you know how many I caught? <laughs> Zero. And I was trying. I had one on my line, like right at the dock before I even went out. I had one on, and then it got off. I didn't catch one the rest of the day. But you know what? I had a... I had a wildly successful day. Wildly. Like, you can't, no one had a better, I don't care who's in this room today, no one had a better Thursday afternoon than I did. No one did. And why is that? Because I was able to invest in the person, some of the people I care about most. Is that, okay, I, just so you know, I, I have a lot of things I could work on. I, things could be better. My, I don't do things the right way. I do a lot of things not quite right and a little bit wrong. But one thing I know is I have Jesus. And the people that I care about most in my life, I want them to have Jesus as well. So I pray about this all the time, and I think about this all the time. I think about my world all the time. How can they find out about Jesus? And I try to think, how can I be in relationship with them? But it's not so much they can meet me, It's so they can meet with Jesus. I hope that's what we can be about. I invite the worship team to sing one last song, and I invite us to think about who is in our world, what simple words we might say, but also how can we be in relationship with them?